Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome back to A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Ben Winstanley, Matthew Neal and our guest this evening is across the park's very own Ian Mills. Ben, Everton 2, Norwich nil. Everton ended a difficult seven days with three points at Goodison Park. It was much needed, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. But I want to just quickly touch on off topic, Mick, just a really quick one. Um, obviously, ourselves on a view from the Bullens on independent podcast. Ian Mills has got across the park another independent podcast. And we've all got opinions. We've, I'm fortunate enough to have a platform to talk about my opinions and everyone's opinions on the game. But this week on Twitter, for me, it's just not been good at all. Um, if, if you don't like what some people are saying or don't agree with their opinions... Give your opinions back and explain why. What we're not here for, all of us, to experience some of the abuse and online trolling that we've got this week. It's, a, it's completely out of order. And obviously, Lee's had a bit of a bit of stick. I've had a bit of stick. Everyone's had a bit of stick this week. It's been a real animosity on Twitter. So, look, Blues, we're all, all in this together. We're all Evertonians and we all need to get along because it just wasn't on. Uh, that's only for a very small minority, shall I say, Mick. So, that's just off my chest now. We can get on to the good stuff for the three points. So, Blues, if you don't like someone's opinion, just say why. Don't give any personal abuse. Just say what you've got to say and move on. Hashtag be kind, shall we say. Anyway, Everton v Norwich, really solid three points. It was much needed going into, obviously, we've got Manchester United and the international break against West Ham. Um, it's, it's now a really phenomenal start for the Blues. Uh, sitting in joint second, 13 points on the board and... People say, oh, Everton had a really easy start, easy run of games, but you've got to beat the teams that are around you because I'm, I'm pretty sure Everton last year wouldn't have picked up as many points as we have this season. Three home performances, three wins, nine points at home. You cannot ask for anything better going the game. It wasn't the best performance, but as we've always said on this podcast, it was 
it was imperative that we got them three points. And I don't care how we did it, but we got it. We got the job done. It was a, obviously the first half penalty for Andros Townsend performed really well again. Damari Gray also brilliant, but again, Abdelau Decore is an absolute monster. I've said it last season. He's still running past me, New House Smith. He's an absolute machine. The, he, he feel like from the, the game the uh, the season last year, he's come on leaps and bounds. I feel like. Rafael Benitez has released the Duke, as they like to call it on Twitter. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Up and down, he's not playing as defensive and Alan's sitting in and he's getting the reins to go up and down the park and he's got the motor to do it. And I also want to touch on Yerry Mina. I feel like yesterday he was brilliant and we look by far a better team when he's in and around the team. And it even improved Michael Keane's performance. Wasn't as quite as good as, as Yerry Mina, but they were both solid for me. Few shaky moments for Michael Keane here and there, but it was a much, much improved performance from the previous games we've seen previously. And we looked solid at the back. It was amazing to see Jordan Pickford back in nets, back in the goal. He was barking and screaming the whole game, literally did not stop. And that's what we need someone vocal to organise. And he, some really good saves. Obviously, they had a really long distance effort in the second half. It's a bit of a snapshot. And it was a great save tipping over the bar. We looked commanding, we didn't look under threat. People are saying on Twitter why we didn't have the ball, why Norwich coming to Goodison Park and having 53% possession compared to our 47%. But the first half, we passed the ball really well. I thought, thought we played really well. and We went 1-0 up. And again, this is my personal opinion. I feel like Benitez then gets said, right, we'll sit back and let Norwich have the ball and come on to us. And when Because they had to come forward. They had to attack. They had five at the back and they were coming to obviously try and either see out a point or snatch three points. And when we went one nil up, they had to come out. They had to come at us. And that left so much space behind the back for the likes of Damari Gray and Townsend, the Wobie. And we just literally got them on the counter-attack. We had numerous opportunities, um, obviously, to put the game to bed. And my man, DeCorey, did that, making it 2-0. So it was a brilliant performance again, just to get the win. The three points were massive. But I know, again, we're going to probably touch on it, but Rondon, um, I re- my view on it is I really feel sorry for the guy. Um, he literally got brought in as a backup for DCL and Richarlison in case the worst happens. And the worst has happened within a week of him being at the club. He's been thrown in at the deep end and he doesn't look fit. I can hold my hands up and say performance yesterday wasn't very good. He wasn't the best at all. But to write him off after three games for Everton is a bit too far for me. Um, I feel like he's going to be a useful asset when he gets himself up to match speed because the guy hasn't played for five months and he's literally been requested to play the last three Premier League matches and to put, put play full 90 minutes yesterday, which I was surprised he got, but maybe it's a Benitez thing saying we're going to get him up to match fitness and give him the amount of minutes um, he can. And Lewis Dobbin come on and I thought he performed okay for them five minutes obviously he was energetic he was everywhere he was trying to get on the ball as much as possible so a few massive positives and if you, if you look at all them outfield players on the bench yesterday that all of them were from the under 23 setup which is again good to see we've, we've moaned about it over the past couple of seasons about not seeing any development coming through the youth and it was good to see um these players on the bench given Benitez an option coming on to relieve some of the stress on the players but look it could have given Ellis Sims a run out and give Rondon ten minutes off. Um, but look, we got the job done, and we've we've been we've fallen foul of it on the past. Mick, when obviously the game against Newcastle a few seasons back comes back to haunt me. We, we bring the ass on on the eighty seventh minute, two 0 up, and we go on to concede. And 
draw two all. So I'm pretty sure Benitez wanted to see the game out, not change much and have that out ball in case we're under the cash at the back. But no, main thing is, Mick, is three points under the bag, under the belt for the Blues. And hopefully we can kick on now. But Manchester United next week is going to be a really, really tough ask. But I'm just so glad we got them three points yesterday. Matt, after the game, Andros Townsend said, you know, we've got a number of injuries, but it was all about the result today, not the performance. Do you agree with that? Do you think Rafa will be quietly relieved that we've got through that game unscathed, a clean sheet, three points, and it allows us to look forward rather than looking back on a tough week? Yeah, um, he talked about team spirit at the end of the game, didn't he, uh, Benitez? So, you know, we've got a real good team spirit uh, coming together now. And that's really important when you're missing your best players. Listen, if any team in the league missed their two best players, you know, they'd be a far worse team. And, and we're currently missing our two best players, our two big, biggest goal threats. And, you know, you're talking about probably 30 goals a season there. Those two and a large percentage of our goals over the last two seasons have been, have been them too. And we've really struggled in games without them. Um, so it's really good to see that the goals are being spread across the team and people are stepping up and, um, you know, that's Decore, Gray, Townsend, all stepping up now um, this season. Um, you know, again, I thought Andros was was outstanding again yesterday. His work rate is just, just fantastic. But he's also got a real good end product, um, you know, probably better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I know Benitez really, really liked him at Newcastle. Um, he spoke about how he couldn't believe that a player of his quality um, was up, up in the market. Um, and I thought maybe he was, he was uh, just going to be a squad filler, but he's, he's playing a really important role. Um, he's an experienced player. You know, I thought, he was, I thought he lifted a few of his teammates yesterday. There was certain, certain periods of the game where we were on the back foot. I thought Godfrey was, you can still see he's not quite fit yet. Um, obviously with COVID symptoms and whatever, and you can see Andros trying to pick him up. Um, it's really important to pick up these wins when you, you're not quite playing at your best. You're not quite got your squad intact. I didn't think the performance was that bad. I thought first 34, 30, 40 minutes, I thought we were quite good. I thought we probably should have been a couple of goals ahead. We let them get in into the game just before half time, and that continued for another fifteen or so minutes after half time. And then when you look at the bench that we've got at the minute, it's not there's not huge amounts that we can bring on to to try and change the game. But in the end, we we got that all important second goal, and and it, it was a walk in the park from there. I think what he did really well at Liverpool, Rafa was he sees games out, and that, and that's not just at Liverpool, but everywhere he's been. He, He's a master at seeing the game out comfortably. And he spoke about it on Match of the Day last night. He wants to see more. He wants to see his control games more. Once we've gone ahead, he, he wasn't happy with the fact that we let them get back in the game. And, and that, that comes with, you know, hard work on the training field and getting used to, to what, what Rafa brings. It's very easy to forget that we've had six league games, Mick. You know, that's not a lot of games. Um, He's, what, two, two and a half months into his tenure. You know, there's a long way to go yet. And I think there's a lot more to come from this team. To, but 
the positives are that that's our third home win of the season. We only got six all season last year. Uh, it's a clean sheet. And it's the type of game that we've thrown away a lot, you know, a lot of times over the years. I think I saw a stat before the game that we lost five of our last seven games versus a newly promoted side. So it's really important we get these home wins um, against teams that we should beat. And I think if we, we continue to do so um, throughout the season, we'll, um, we'll be right up, up there in contention for the, for the European places. Millsy, I, I want to look at the back four before we go into too much depth. Ben Godfrey's come under a little bit of scrutiny due to probably off performances. He, was, he had a tough game at Aston Villa. He wasn't particularly great at QPR. And yesterday he was back at right back due to Seamus Coleman. Common's injury. But Yerry Mina is a is a centre half that's really stepping up at the moment, isn't he? Again, many Evertonians question who is the, the best two centre halves at the football club when everybody's fit. Do you think Yerry Mina is fast becoming the number one centre half at Everton? Uh, Mick, I think he has been for a while, to be honest. I've been a massive, massive Yerry Mina fan. I, I think in the the summer of 2019, we were all a little bit worried when we didn't sign Kurt Zuma permanently of how he he would be because he wasn't really fit in the 18-19 season. But coming on from that, I think he's been our best centre-half for, for two or three seasons now because he, he's a ball magnet. He's somebody who... I've heard people compare him to Joseph Yobo in, in that he's, he's got mistakes in him. And I think that's fair, but I think the reason he's got mistakes in him is the fact that he is a ball magnet. He goes for the ball at all times. He doesn't shake a challenge. He will cover at, at you know right-back or left-back if needed when, we're out, you know, when we haven't got the ball. To me, he's been our best centre-half for a while, Mick. He's just someone who, who loves a fight. You, you look at him and he plays against certain strikers. I think Cavani, uh, the Aston Villa striker, the, the, the South American striker a couple of years ago, he just loves a battle. And someone who's got that badge on their shirt, who, who wants to fight, for me, I've got all the time in the world for. But look, he's not, he's not the best footballer in the world. You, you wouldn't say that we can play out from the back with him and, and, and start moves. But good God, he, he's someone who doesn't shake responsibility. And I think a lot of Evertonians for a number of seasons now of questions of the commitment of the team, some individuals, you know, have we got enough captains? I don't think anyone could ever doubt that Yerry Mean has got those attributes. He's someone who will who will go to war in that blue shirt every week. And those rumours we were touting him round in the summer, you know, looking for, for money, cash strapped ever looking for money and Yerry Mean was available. I was as gutted by that as it was with the Hammers Rodriguez thing, because Yerry Mina, for me, going back to your initial question there, Mick, is our best centre-half. Will Ben Godfrey become our best centre-half? More than likely, he's got everything that you need to be a top-class centre-half. But was Julian Lescott our best centre-half in 2006? No, it was Phil Jagielka. Was he by 2009? Yes. I think the similarities there between Godfrey and Lescott. At this moment in time, Mick, for me, Yerry Mina, is our best centre-half. And one of the main reasons for me is he does not shake responsibility. He's someone on that pitch with that badge on his chest who, who will fight and fight and fight for 90 minutes. And when you look at football as well, it's, it's, it's a game, it's fun, and he seems to get it as well. You look at the video yesterday when he's high-fiving the fans, he's giving Richarlison a shirt, and, and it's all in good jest. I'm a massive, massive Yerry Mina fan, Mick, massive Ben, do you agree with Mills there regarding Yerry Mina being Everton's number one centre-half or do you think no? Michael Keane, Ben Godfrey, Mason Holgate. Where, where do you think Everton should go? Because obviously Seamus Common's not far away from returning. So you'd imagine he's then going to come back in at right-back. 
So it's going to leave Rafa Benitez with some decisions to make. Yeah, I, Mills, he's put really good points across there as always. He's, yeah, I mean, it is, I think, our best centre-half. I, I do agree with that. Um, the only downside to Yerry Mina is obviously he's only got 18 months left on his contract. He's on £120,000 roughly a week. Now, I was under the illusion in the summer, maybe, do we look to cash in? Um, is it time to now really look to invest or do we renew his contract? And the way he's been performing this season and yesterday, it, it, it's hard to see why you wouldn't try and sign him off for a longer, longer deal. He clearly likes it here, clearly likes the atmosphere with the South Americans around as a really good bromance of Richarlison. And like Mills, you said, that video was superb and going over the family enclosure and getting up into the uh, into the Goodison standing in Richarlison's share. But look, I've said it all along. I, I feel like someone like Ben Godfrey um, next to Yerry Mina is our best centre-half partnership. And But the only downside of Ben Godfrey is he does get out-jumped in the air. And we did see that against, obviously, QPR midweek when Charlie Austin got the better of him um, to make it 2-1 to them. So, but it was really interesting that Benitez spoke about this week that he is looking at another potentially another centre-half. Now, for me, that looks like to be the end of possibly Mason Holgate or someone like that. Um, somebody who is second position is right back predominantly, has played there previously for Everton, has played there for West Bromwich Albion on loan and couldn't even get a sniff yesterday at all. Now, does that speak volumes of what Benitez sees in the future for Mason Holgate? I don't know. Um, not really too sure, but he could be the one potentially to go and look to keep Yerry Mina, Michael Keane, Ben Godfrey and sign a another um, Michael Keane for me Mick is brilliant in a deep Lions centre-half partnership when obviously teams are trying to break the get in behind us and playing the long balls because he is very good aerially and he does win a lot of duels but it's one of them he's always got a, a slight mistake in him and obviously you look at his errors leading to goals this season it's it's very very high um, and a few times yesterday made a few wayward passes and yeah, what, what what I do like about Yerry Mina is obviously passing is not the best, which you said, but he goes on these gangly runs and people say that Yerry Mina is slow. I, I don't think he's slow at all. I've just got to think he's got a really orthodox way of running about him with his long gangly legs and he covers the ground really quickly. Obviously, that Pookie's a quick player yesterday and he kept up with him and shielded the ball out of play just by where I was sitting. And like Nils, you said, he loves it. I think I feel like he gets the club, he gets the fans and He's, he, he's always in, he's strong, he's very good aerially. You hardly see him lose any headers at the back. In fact, I can't really remember a time where he's lost a header at the back. So the, the club are going are coming to that position now where he's got 12 months next season left of his contract. And what do you do? Now, it's one of them. Do you cash in with 12 months left or do you look to extend his contract? Now, for me, we didn't, we didn't look to sell in the summer and it's probably I'd look to extend. Um, we've cleared up a lot of wages this summer, a lot of wages. Obviously, James is gone now. Other players have left the club. And next season, you've obviously got Sigurdsson leaving, um, Tosun, Fabian Delph. So there is going to be room to manoeuvre to sign up these types of players on some more better contracts. They'll obviously tie them down for the future. So for me, Mick, I feel like Yerry Mina and Ben Godfrey at centre-half. But what I will touch on at Ben Godfrey at right-back, Mick, is I don't feel like he shadowed himself in any glory yesterday. He seems to be out of position. He seems to be tucking in as a centre-half. And I was really impressed with um, Brandon Williams, from the Manchester United player on loan at Norwich. I feel like he played really well at left-back for them. And he's got some pace, real, real pace. You don't see many full-backs going past Ben Godfrey with that ease. But look... He's had COVID. He's had to have long COVID. He doesn't look match fit, as Matthew Neil spoke about before. So, 
he's got a lot of improvement to do, a lot of hard work, a lot of hours on the training pitch. And just, you can see when he gets the ball, Godfrey's always looking for the pass instead of bombing on. And that's why we were missing a natural right back, I think. And all our attacks seem to be coming down the left with Dean and Awobi and Townsend again was getting the ball with no real overlapping runs, creating the space for him. So, again, right back is a massive issue for me. But hopefully, Colm, we can get back fit after the international break and we won't have them issues. Because, look, against Man United, we're not going to be expecting Ben Godfrey to be bombing on overlapping and because we can be hit on the break quickly by a team with the class of Manchester United have. So, no, that's my opinions on Yerimina, um, the centre-half partnerships and obviously Ben Godfrey. So, yeah, looking good, Mick. Very, very impressed with Mina this season. Millsy, just coming straight back to you regarding the back four. Jordan Pickford returned to the starting lineup after a shoulder injury. Do you think, and, and I know it was only against Norwich, so with respect to Norwich, and I know they're struggling at the moment, but even down at QPR, we, we look vulnerable defensively at Aston Villa. We look vulnerable defensively. So with Pickford back in the lineup, do you think that maybe settled the back four down? He is a very vocal goalkeeper. He's very commanding. He is in good form. Do you think that also played into to, to Everton's hands having him back in the lineup? Hundred percent, Mick. I think the words you've used there with commanding and vocal are spot on because when I sit in the park ends and, and you can hear sometimes when the crowd is low or, or we've got. A, a corner or a throwing against us. He's so vocal. He doesn't mince his words. He doesn't care who he's talking to. And and, and he'll get people in position. And, and you see even on, on, on TV when you watch it, he's, he's vocal. And I'm not comparing him to, to Peter Schmeichel at all, but you look back at someone like a Peter Schmeichel who everyone who played with them said that he was so vocal and they knew where to be. Does Asmir Begovic have that? I don't know. He, he's, he's new to the team. I, I've not really been impressed by Begovic, if I'm honest with you. I don't think he, he covered himself in glory at, Q, at QPR or Aston Villa. But Pickford, for me, one of his main attributes is his vocality, his organisation. I think everybody knows where to be. But I think a big thing now is we've got trust in Jordan Pickford. And, and maybe last summer there was a question as, as to whether, whether we would or not. And we question whether defenders would have trust in Pickford because he had made some high-profile errors. Um, but he's, he's turned the corner massively. There was an article last season where he came out and said that he that he had had some counselling, he'd had some help in relation to getting his mind ready for games. And we're looking at a young lad as, as well, don't forget his age. And, and goalkeepers don't come into their prime until very late 20s, early 30s. And, and I think we've got a lot more to come from Jordan Pickford. I, I think vocality, his, his vocality and also yeah, his organisation is big. But for me, there is so much trust, not only from the stands, but from the players now you can see it. When, when you know, Ben's referred to there that Norwich has a long-range shot, there, there was no panic. I, I think everybody thought Jordan Pickford would be comfortable with that. Two years ago, maybe there would have been a bit of anxiety with a shot like that going towards Jordan Pickford. So full credit to him for what he's become because there were question marks. I remember signing Robin Olsen, those fans who... We were looking at Romero from Manchester United and they were saying that Romero would come in as the number one and that was based on a poor season from Pickford. Where he is now, full credit to him. I've got no no worries anymore with Jordan Pickford. I think he's a top, top goalkeeper. I think because he's being a number one, he's very, very easy for the national media to have a popper. I think when he makes a mistake, which will probably come again, but every goalkeeper does, when he makes his next mistake, it'll be magnified. But for me, I've got no problems with Jordan Pickford. I, I think he's a He's a fantastic goalkeeper and he's someone that I'd, I'd be looking to, to tie down. I, I want Jordan Pickford here for, for a number of years. I think if he carries on the way he's going, then, then and we as a club carry on finishing in the positions that we've been finishing in. 
we may be at risk of losing Jordan Pickford and you've got to be very, very careful what you wish for in that, in that instance. For me, Mick, in short, I'm really, really comfortable with Jordan Pickford. I think in being vocal and being commanding and also the fact that we as a fan base have got a lot of trust in him. They're the three really, really strong ingredients for, for Jordan Pickford going forward for me. Mm, yeah, he's certainly in good form. Matt, another player who is is constantly getting praise from Evertonians at the moment is Andros Townsend. On the score sheet, again, I know it's from the penalty spot, but he, he put it away with aplomb. Is, is he a player at the moment who is epitomising this Everton team under Rafa Benitez? OK, we have our limitations, and I'm sure Rafa probably knows what we are, if we're all honest, as a team. But is he epitomising this Everton team at the moment, working hard, digging in, putting in the hard yards? But at the moment, he is delivering at the other end for us, isn't he? Yeah, he is, mate. And um, like I said before, I think he's probably surprised everyone how well he's how well he's done. Um, I think we all knew he'd probably work hard um, and give his all. But I don't, I don't think we quite expected that we'd be relying on his goals early on in the season. And that's been a really nice boost for us, actually. Um, what he gives us, Mick, is, is a balance in this team. Um, for too long now, we've had a really disjointed right-hand side. And, it, and it's got a long way to go, to be fair, yet. But it's it's nice to have a, a genuine winger out there that, that full-backs have to worry about. Um, and, and and that's as simple as it is, really. Uh, sometimes football's a simple game. When you've got two, two wingers that we've brought in, in, in Gray and Townsend, it gives the team uh, a new lease of life, a new, a new balance. Um, and, he, and he does both the attacking and, and defensive work that Rafa, Rafa wants. Uh, Rafa spoke again yesterday about how he believes that Townsend's hit the ground running because he knows better than anyone what he wants. Um, you know, he knows what Rafa wants out of his wingers. Um, clearly, he wants wants them to hug the byline a lot of the time and be direct, and, and that's what he's doing. Um, he, probably, he probably was disappointed with his... First half attempt, I think Rondon just just gave him a little opportunity in the first half and it was probably a weak effort, but I thought he handled the penalty really well. That was his first penalty in six years in the Premier League and he took that really well, even though uh, Krull did his best to, to put him off. And he is, he's epitomising everything that we're doing as a team. We've got a, a good structure about us. Um, we look better organised. Players know their jobs. And we're, we're using a system that gets the best out of what we've got. Like you said, we have got limitations. Um, I think we'd like a little bit of creativity at times going forward. But he's offering us a really, really nice balance. And, and if someone would have said to you when he come in on a free transfer in July, when everyone was having a bit of a meltdown, that he'd have scored four goals, contributed with assists, and just really, just he's taken to the he's taken to the club really well. Uh, he speaks really well, and I don't think it could have gone any better. And you know, Rafa spoke about how he had to take him off yesterday because he was so tired, and and that's that's the type of player he is. He runs himself into the ground. Um, he, he tracks back, um, whatever the minute of the game is. I think it was just just before he went off, he. He tracked uh, Williams, like Ben said, that Williams has got a real good turn of pace, but I thought Andros really helped Ben out at times yesterday. And let's just hope that all the other Rafa signings are as good as him. Um, 
and, and long may the, the Townsend form continue. Ben, that brings me on to our next summer signing in Damari Gray. Another assist for Damari Gray for our second goal, setting up Abdelai Decore. His pace is just absolutely electric, isn't it? And, it? and it gives Everton another dimension when we're attacking, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's it's scary to say this early in the season, but I would probably put him as high as he... At the moment, he's our most important player at the club. and Because he just gives us that dimension, like you say. He's absolutely electrifying that first half. He was in the corner by the park end and he was faced up with a defender and he was gone. He literally just walked past him, rapid off the mark, whipped this ball in and nobody was gambling up front. He was just, he's been phenomenal, but you can really see that he's enjoying his football, clearly enjoying his football under Rafael Benitez and all home fans absolutely love him. Every time we get he gets the ball, he's one of them players, everyone's on the edge of the seats. He's going to do something like, because every time he's, he's got it, he's turning, he's beating players, he's dribbling. He's getting assists. He's putting shots off. And do you know what? I, I don't blame him. He got. He had, I think it was in the second half, attacking the Gladys Street. He got hold of the ball. And then he just had a pop. Uh, it went wide. But ever, no one was moaning because it's, he's been so good for us. And he, he's just something that we haven't had and we've all screamed for for about four or five years as Evertonians. Get me a winger who's got absolutely electric pace. And he's fitted like a glove. And look, he's been asked to play left mid. Right mid, up front, the number 10. He's played everywhere. And I feel like, it, do you know what? To be fair to Rondon in that second half, Mick, I feel like obviously he wasn't moving very well, but he was drawing the centre-halves off him. And Damari Gray was picking up the second ball because it was falling from him. And Alan and Decore working phenomenally together again, shall we say, just to add on that point. Damari Gray picks up that ball, literally attacked, direct, quick, energetic. Defenders are backing off. And he slips in the core in with 2 0, game one, uh, and dusted. But he is, the impact he, he, he has made has been astronomical, the same as Andros Towns. And them two wingers for 1.7 million is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And us Evertonians will always back effort over talent, I, I think. If you're gonna, you might not be the most talented footballer in the world, but if you're going to work for the club and work for the shirt, us fans will get behind you 110% because that's what we want to see. Players who are up for the challenge and Andros Townsend, Damari Gray, at this moment in time, are certainly up for the challenge. But certain people say Damari Gray was, at his time at Leicester, was a bit like her head in his hands, wasn't really tracking back, wasn't really... But he was everywhere. When he even lost the ball, he was tracking back and he was filling in. I find it really interesting when the likes of, obviously, Andros Townsend bomb on or Wobie was bombing on and Norwich won the ball back and Damari Gray wasn't just standing up front. He was getting back and filling in at the left wing and right wing. He was all over the place. So defensively, he was brilliant. And I thought our shape yesterday was really good defensively. No one really stayed out of position. And when somebody went out of position, like I just said, they filled in and slotted straight back in. So it was a really good defensive performance. I know was Evertonians want to see us have the ball more and dominate what Benitez has said. But I feel like what we did yesterday, we did well, especially in the defensive aspect. I can't remember a really big chance that Norwich had. I just can't remember, to be honest. I know they had a few long-range efforts and they had to shoot from long-range because of how well-drilled we were and how well-drilled certain players like Damari Gray were are filling in for other players when they went on. And long may that continue as well. But look, what a player. He's some boy. He is some boy. He's so good on the ball. Defenders are petrified of him. He got a few big tackles as well yesterday where I went, oh no, get up, get up. And he looked, Straight back on his feet, everyone was cheering, and he just got. He's like, then he didn't shy away. He wants the ball again. He's always wants the ball. 
he's happy and he's loving life at Everton Football Club. And he, he's done another Instagram post yesterday, just putting home with a love blue heart. And that just gets us all on board. And I'm on a Damari Gray hype train big time. You know how much I wanted him through the summer and in January, Mick, as well. I've been on this train for a while. I'm so glad it's working out for the boy and long may it continue. Ian, that brings us to our next signing in Salomon Rondon. He completed the full 90 yesterday, which was really important for him and his fitness. He is becoming under a little bit of scrutiny, I suppose. He's played the last three games and a lot of Evertonians are looking at him. And obviously, you're going to compare him to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. That's only natural. Um, and a lot of Everton fans are thinking, yeah, he's not quite ready to be starting in the Premier League. But he hadn't played for five months, so you've got to take that into account as well. And I'm sure when Rafa signed him, the plan was not to be starting him this early on in his Everton career. But nevertheless, he finished the 90, which was really important for Rondon yesterday. How did you rate his performance against Norwich? Um, I, I think how I rated it is, is probably unfair on him. I, I don't think he had a good game. I think Ben made a good point there that there was times that he had some, some good touches and, and he, he drew defenders in and that allowed us to break it, and, and especially in the second half. But to me, he just looks unfit. And I, I feel harsh saying he doesn't. He didn't have a good game because I know he's unfit. But you've asked me the question. No, I don't think he had a good game yesterday. I'd like to think there is a lot more to come from him. Uh, I think there's mitigating factors on, on both sides. I think we were linked with him for a long time. The manager obviously wanted him. I don't know why we couldn't do that deal a little bit earlier in the window and, and give him a proper pre-season because it, it was a, a free transfer. It was somebody that we always wanted or the manager always wanted. I think maybe the club let him down a little bit in, in the timing of bringing him in. No one thought that we'd lose both our forward players. Um, I think there was a, a time maybe two weeks ago where they were even considering bringing James Rodriguez back into it. No one thought you know we'd lose three players, if you will, at that point. So it is unfair to ask a lot from him. He's, he's not fit, but, but he's not contributing enough for me to, to sing his praises. I, I think the ideal scenario for, for him was to play 19 minutes yesterday. We have to get that that monkey off his back that he's played 19 minutes. When I seen Dobbin coming on, when I seen Anthony Gordon coming on, I did think both times it would be Rondon. I don't know whether it was a fitness thing or maybe the manager just wanted him to get on the end of something and, and score that goal later on because when we scored the second, Norwich were dead. Norwich weren't scoring three yesterday. So maybe the trainer thought there from the manager was that Rondon would get a goal. And if he scores the Gladys Street and it's a 3-0 win, it all changes. Everyone forgets about what he hasn't done and we focus on what he has. For me, he hasn't done an awful lot. But like I said, I feel harsh saying that because I know he's not fit. There's got to be more to come from him. He's got to get more fit. The only the only way he'll get fit would, would be to be playing minutes. So it's, it's a, it's a cash 22 scenario, really. But we've got to get him out there because we need him and he needs the minutes. I think it's it wasn't a bad game for him yesterday because we played a team who were arguably the worst team in the league. If we to come up against someone a lot better yesterday, then I think that this podcast may be a little bit different. And again, I'd say again, it'd be harsh. But like I said, like you've asked me the question, I don't think he's contributed an awful lot. But I say that with also mirroring that with, I think there is more to come. And I think myself and some other fans who maybe think the same way as me, I've just got to remember that he hasn't played the game in four months. He was playing in it in a league that's not very competitive before then. He's in his 30s. We've got to be mindful of what we think we're going to get from him. We're not getting someone who's going to come in and score 20 goals. Will he even score half of that? I don't expect that either. I think we're looking at someone who was meant to take the the, 
burden of pressure off Dominic, Dominic Calvert-Lewin at times. He's a striker who maybe will get thrown on and play in a two with 10 or 15 minutes left. I don't think he's a striker who can play three games a week, 90 minutes, 60 minutes, 70 minutes. I don't think he is, but we're in a scenario now where we need him. In, in, in short, Mick, like I said, to answer your question, even though I know I'm being quite harsh, I don't think he's contributing an awful lot at the minute. Matt, one worry before the game was the substitutions. The bench was Asmir Begovic, Jared Branthwaite, Tom Davis, Lewis Dobbin, Anthony Gordon, Mason Holgate, John Joe Kenny, Andy Lonergan and Ellis Sims. And I know we are missing a few players due to injury, but is that a worry for you going into a few difficult games coming up that if these players don't get back to fitness that we're currently missing, that the bench may be holding us back a bit? I know we didn't really need the bench yesterday, which is probably a bit of a blessing that we didn't have to start chasing the game. But like Ian just said there, with some difficult games coming up, is that a concern for you? Are you Manchester United next Saturday? Is, is that a concern? We might need to chase the game at some point and we don't really have the bench to go chasing a game. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a major concern, especially considering that we're in probably in the lightest schedule in terms of games all season, you know, it's, it's only going to, games are going to come thick and fast during November, December, January time with Christmas periods, FA Cup schedules, that sort of thing. We're only in September and half the squad seems to be missing. Um, it is a worry. Certain, in certain areas, it's a major worry. The weird thing is, I'm not even, I'm not totally sure up front is actually the issue. I, I thought we were pretty well stocked um, up front with Richarlison, uh, Rondon and Calvert-Lewin. It just so happens that the two strikers are out at the same time. Um, I think the wide, the, wide, the wide player, that extra wide player that Rafa wanted in the summer, whether that be McNeil or Diaz or whoever, um, that would have made a big difference to this squad. Certainly with Hamos leaving, the creativity or lack of um, is a major concern. Uh, where do you go? in certain games um, where we can't break teams down or we do need a goal with 30, 25 minutes to go. Um, the centre of the park is my biggest concern. Um, Decore and Allen have played superbly this season. Um, Raf has got a structure in that midfield that allows them to both do the jobs that they're meant to do. I'm um, not sure why Carlo couldn't do the same thing, to be honest. Um, you know, Allen's finally sitting deeper and mopping things up and that's allowing Decore to get involved in, in attacks further up the field. But even with, a, even I mean, even when they're fit, you go through Gomez, Delph, Gabame, Davies, they're four players that, let's be totally honest with, with ourselves, they're not up to the level, are they? They're not. Um, and half the issue is, even if they are at the level, they're not there. You know, Gomez is always injured. Gabamin's the walking injury, unfortunately. And don't get me started on Delph because he's probably, he's, you know, he's probably played about 15 games in the two and a half years he's been at Everton. So that area of the pitch worries me. You know, I'm not going to get into the, the fullback situation because we've been over that many, many times. We know about our deficiencies there, but there are, there are other issues in the squad that really does worry me. Um, and it it was nice to see that the bench was 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 full of under twenty threes, and I hope that we see um, 
two or three of them get more minutes this season. But again, if we're being realistic, how many of them are good enough? Um, how many are there just to 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 fill a to fill a, a bench? Uh, you know, probably three or four of them out of the the eight or nine. So it's a worry, but we're going to have to deal with it. Um, we've only got one game a week now until Christmas. Um, up until probably about mid-December, it's probably one game a week. So the schedule is kind and that should play into our into our hands, really. Hopefully after the international break, we see Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin and, and Seamus back. And I think with them three back and hopefully Gomez um, and potentially Delph, dare I say it, coming back into the fold, we should have enough numbers just to get us through until uh, January. Um, but I certainly think one or two additions in, in, in that winter window uh, are, are needed if we, if we want to make a, a real push at it in the second half of the season, Mick. Millsy and Ben, Millsy, I'll, I'll come to you first. I know you've both been very vocal regarding Everton's right-back situation, but playing against Norwich, we got to have a good look at long-term target Max Aaron's who played on a, on, a, on a right wing back in a back five yesterday. What did you think to, to Max Aaron's Mills? Did you have a look at him and think, yeah, he could be someone that Everton could go back in for? Uh, I, I did look at him. I, I made a, a conscious effort to try and to watch him. I, I think there was one moment in the second half where he showed his, his, his heels to Luca Dean and, and he didn't Luca Dean. Apart from that, I, I wasn't really impressed. But you've, you've got a couple that where he's playing in a side that, that weren't very ambitious yesterday. They had a few crosses in the box for about a 10-minute period in the second half of that. was it. I did try and watch him, Mick, but I wasn't overly impressed. But that doesn't mean much, really. If you'd have told me in 2016 we're signing a Drissagana guy from Aston Villa, I wouldn't have been impressed by that because, because he hadn't impressed Aston Villa. But look what we got. So I don't think it's a big concern that, that he, he wasn't really showing a lot yesterday. The right-back area is massive for us, massive. Ben touched upon it there early with Ben Godfrey. He was naturally coming inside. He, he, he's right back is probably Ben Godfrey's worst position for Everton. He, he's shone a centre-half, he's shone in the back three, back two, and also at left-back. He's never really had to go game at right-back. You go back to Southampton away last season, uh, Aston Villa last week. Again, yesterday, he didn't have the best of games. There was a moment in the first half where he was on the receiver end of, of a bit of a vocal drilling from Alan for being out of position. So we do need a right-back. Whether Max Aarons is worth the money that Norwich will want, because make no bones about it, Norwich will go down this season. They're, they're one of the worst teams. But no longer is it a fire sale when you go down. It, it's not 10 years ago when you go down, you can't keep your best players. You get a parachute payments, the, the TV money to show championship games is really, really good. So they're going to want a big fee for him. I didn't see a lot yesterday to say that we should be paying that big fee for him. But, but again, it's, it's not overly concerning for me that he didn't have a good game. He's, he's playing in a really, really poor team. There's probably going to be moments this season where he just stands out because, because he's, he's played for, for England at a certain levels, the, the, the younger levels, and he's obviously got a, a bit about him. There's a lot of hype there. Their fans were singing songs about him yesterday. So there's obviously something there. But if I'm going on just yesterday, Mick, and I don't know what, what Ben will, will, will say about it, but I didn't see a lot in him really. Ben, I know you've been a big a big fan of Max Aaron's, and I think you were you were hoping Everton went back in from it and signed him this summer. So, what what did you think to Max Aaron's performance yesterday? I I, I wanted to get I wanted us to sign him for a deal, which 
not the £30 million that's quoted from Norwich. I feel like that was overpriced. Um, I feel like he's obviously a £15, £20 million player. But look, he was restricted yesterday. Um, he was in a back five, and there was no real winger supporting him. The, the strikers, Pookie, and that, that other fellow with the long curly hair were fun. I can't remember his name, but they weren't really making the channel runs. They weren't really drawing players away. And he came he came up against um, Iwobi and Lucas Dean, and he was kind of two-to-one at all times. And he had to revert back to going inside. And as Mills, he quite touched on. I think we've only seen one glimpse of what he can offer was when he took on Lucas Dean and literally breeze past him in the in the uh, the second half near the park end, but yeah, it wasn't his best game at all. And look, players are gonna, not going to have best games. Um, I feel like Norwich's team, as Millsy quite rightly said again, is pro- predominantly one of the worst sides I've seen come to Goodison. Um, I don't really feel like they offered anything, and there's they've only scored two goals I think this season and lost six on the bounce, and that just tells you everything. He could just be in a poor team, but. In the championship last year, he was really good. Um, overlapping, obviously had more space and had the freedom to obviously overlap and push further up the pitch. But I just feel like yesterday, I feel like they were a bit they were worried about us rather than us being worried about them. And that's how it should be when teams come to Goodison Park. They should be thinking what are Everton gonna do, not what what are Norwich gonna do and make us put us on the back foot. Because we, look, even though we didn't have the ball um predominantly a lot, especially in the second half, I always felt we were comfortable. I didn't can't remember Pickford making a, a literally a oh my god they're going to score. They had one corner I think that literally missed everyone and I thought oh no here we go. But no, apart from that they didn't really create anything at all. And I was quite upset with the performance. It wasn't good. It wasn't it wasn't very good at all. But that that might be down to how well Everton played. And as I touched on before, I think defensively we were brilliant. If you look at the formation, how quick we got back into formation, it was really good. They had a few counter attacking breaks down the left. But the Corey, Alan, Mina, they were all filling in for one another and it just nullified them straight away. But if you're looking at back to Max Aaron, if you say Everton could sign him for £30 million in January or next summer, I'd say no. I'd say that's too much. I think there's a player there, but I feel like it's got to be at the right price and it's got to be on our terms, like around the £15, £20 million mark max, because you don't want to be overspending like we have done. But look, he's got youth on his side. He's not going to lose a lot of value. Um, and just hope Everton gets something done in January because look Benitez has alluded to the fact now that we have got funds um, in January to spend obviously James James's wages off the books nearly £12 million a year and just to put that into perspective to some people then you can get a £9 million player in um, and then a £3 million wages on top that's how much that obviously that deal's worth to Everton plus the £7 million we've received from the Qatar team um, to Everton. So that bumps it up now to £19 million. So there will be money to spend. Players have left freeing up wages. I know people ask about Twitter how it's going to work. and I do feel like we will be active again um, in January, maybe alone and maybe another purchase. Hopefully we can get that winger over the line that Benitez wanted in the summer. We couldn't quite get done due to players still staying at the club. But I do feel now there's going to be money to spend. Um, and if we are in this predicament where Coleman is continuing to pick up knocks, I can really see us going back in for Maitland-Niles, um, even on a loan deal to cover that position again. Because look, he's not even getting the Arsenal squad now. So it's silly how that deal didn't go through. But here we are. But no, so Max Allen, to answer your question, disappointed by him yesterday, Mick. But he's definitely got it in his locker. And as Mills, he said, you can't wait to play off after one game. And there we go, guys. 13 points from six games played in the league. Everton's best start to a season at Goodison Park 
since 1989 as they run out 2-0 winners over Norwich. Thanks to Ben, Milsey and Matt as always for joining us. We'll be back in the week for pre-match talk where we face Manchester United in the mid-morning kickoff on Saturday. In the meantime, stay safe, take care and we'll see you very soon. All the very best. Thank you.